Hey, how you going? It's time for another episode of the TST Travel Podcast. This one will be all about our trip through Colorado. So we uh, last episode was about Yellowstone and Wyoming, and from Wyoming we headed down into Colorado. Uh, don't forget to check us out on all the social medias. All the social medias, that sounds like I'm about 100 years old. All the socials uh, being Facebook and Instagram at the TST Travel Podcast. Uh, also, don't forget to check out Kirsten's blog at the Roaming Street on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you have the chance, uh, wherever you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, if you get the chance on Facebook, chuck us up a review. It just helps some other people find the podcast, which would be really, really handy. Also, drop... Uh, any questions or queries that you have in the comment sections uh, and we can address those in another episode and just let us know where you're listening from. Uh, I saw the other day that we have a couple of listeners over in Ireland which we really appreciate and as well as in the US so uh, that's pretty cool. So drop us a comment, let us know where you're listening from and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, get ready. This one will be all about, as I said, our trip through Colorado. Okay, so... Our uh, first little bit of our trip through Colorado, we started up in Rock Springs, which is in Wyoming, and we headed towards Colorado, and uh, I'd done a fair bit of driving in the recent times, so uh, I handed the reins of the big Suburban over to Kirsten, and we were trucking along the interstate at about 70 miles an hour, and I'd had uh, a few waters, and I was ready to pull over for a whiz. Unfortunately, Kirsten wasn't feeling overly confident driving that day, and uh, as I was speeding along the interstate, I was like, oh, babe, we really need to pull off for a, a whiz. And she's like, oh, I, I there's no towns. And we were right in between towns. So there was really, there was no, like, toilets to stop at. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm a boy. Just pull over and I can go on the side of the road. And uh, it was a pretty busy day on the interstate. And Kirsten didn't feel overly confident uh, pulling over with everyone around her doing pretty high speeds as I said 70 75 miles an hour is over 110 kilometers an hour so we were pretty well humming down the uh, down the highway and it got more and more urgent and I was sort of waiting and I was waiting and I was waiting and I still weren't coming across any towns or servos or anywhere to pull off and going 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 and then Kirsten I said to her look you need to pull over I'm about to wet my pants and she went, no, nah, I can't, I can't, I can't pull over, I don't feel comfortable, I'm going to crash, because the shoulders aren't real wide when you've got semis belting past you at 120 kilometres an hour, that's not a great feeling, so I could sort of understand her discomfort, and uh, she's like, look, there's a bottle back there, you'll have to go in that, and I went, oh, not something that I really feel like doing in the passenger seat right next to my girlfriend, and she's like, well, that's your only option, so... Anyway, I tried to hold it for about another 5-10 minutes and I just couldn't do it. I was about to lose all control and I reached over and grabbed the bottle and I told her to look away and I sort of crowded over into the side and of course she started giggling and I got stage fright. So after that uh, little incident, I was still about to explode. I was busting that bad I was and it had started to hurt. So at 70 miles an hour... I climbed into the back seat of the Suburban, turned my back, and that's where that story ends. I Let's just say there was a bottle of Gatorade no one wanted to drink after that. We So after that, we sort of, there was sort of a, a long drive day. We stopped and had a little bit of lunch along the way, and not sort of much happened on our first day into Colorado. We And we got into the sort of northwest corner of Colorado. We did a bit of driving around, 
and uh, we looked up a spot to stay on Wiki Camps, um, which was just off the, the main road, probably about 5Ks. I said, oh, yep, that's beautiful. That'll be a good place to stop, and we'll get a nice early start tomorrow. It was only about 5 o'clock, so the sun, sun was still shining. Beautiful, good chance to set up camp in the daylight. And that's where we went on a little bit of a... We'll call, I won't blame Kirsten, I'll call it a Wiki Camps shit tour. So... And no fault to Wiki Camps, it's been an absolutely excellent help, but sometimes the places where people drop their pins aren't the most reliable, and of course being a Wiki thing, it is something that they rely on everybody to update. And uh, yeah, this one wasn't ideal. We drove for about 25 minutes down this single, or it started off as a paved road, then it went to a double lane, uh, double lane dirt road, and then it got to a single lane dirt road, and then it got to just a dirt road that was washboard corrugated like it was absolutely horrible and uh we headed along that for a little while and it came to a around a sort of big sweeping bend and there was a massive big sign at the end of it that said private property keep out owners are armed keep out keep out there was about 50 new signs all over this gate that said this is private property don't come in here and uh, when we were in Wyoming, we had a chat with one of the guys there and uh, he said, yeah, just assume everyone's armed. So, and being a cattle ranch, I assumed that they'd have some pretty good guns considering that what we'd seen through the Midwest. Uh, and I didn't feel like being shot that day. So we reversed up around the sweeping bend and went back to the next sort of little junction in the road thinking that, oh, maybe we just missed the turn and we needed to venture around. So we drove for probably another half an hour up a single lane dirt road looking, looking, Sun's getting lower and lower in the sky below the mountains. It was a really pretty sunset, but we're a little bit stressed about where we're going to be sleeping that night. Uh, we had a look on the map, and there was a few other campsites around, so we drove around to one of those, drove around to where it looked like there was another one of those in this little area, and we came across a shooting range, which was where the campsite said it was, and that didn't fill us full of confidence, and we didn't really feel like camping at a shooting range. Uh, it was a public one, so it was just something that they'd set up, and it was a big, long rifle range that probably went for a 1,000 metres, and there was targets all along, and I went, well, I don't really feel like being mistaken for a rifle range target, so we spotted someone walking up the road and uh, decided to go and ask him if he knew where the campsites were, and he, put it this way, he tried to be helpful, but we ended up having about a 15-minute conversation with him, and it led us nowhere, which wasn't great as the sun was going down, and we are pretty tired after a, a long drive day we probably spent six or seven hours in the car that day as there wasn't a whole heap of scenery around for us to stop and have a look at and uh yeah we were both tired and hadn't had any dinner yet and kirsten was getting a touch hangry i must say that i had been infected with a touch of the hanger as well and um yeah we just wanted to find somewhere to bed down and go to sleep for the night and after three failed attempts, we went to one campsite that we knew was definitely a campsite, and uh, it was uh, on a state park, and we got there and looked at the fees for that one, it was $25 just to pitch a tent with no facilities, and the inner tight ass in us came out, and we cracked it and went, no, I'm not paying $25 for a campsite just because, just because I'm tired, we're going to keep looking, keep looking. And uh, let's just say, driving through Colorado where you know there's a fair bit of wildlife, deers and such, deers are basically the American versions of kangaroos, they're big stupid animals that like to run out in front of cars, and we'd seen a fair few of them as we'd been driving through the park, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to smash into a deer at night 
in the middle of nowhere with no phone service so we very carefully drove along the road there was another campsite that was listed about 15 minutes up the road so we drove up to that one and glory glory hallelujah we found it it was only ten dollars so we saved ourselves 15 us dollars which in the grand scheme of things when we look back on it probably wasn't worth it for all the stress that we went through but uh pumped up the air mattress and that's where the real fun began we got the tent up uh, I think we had Doritos for dinner that night because we just cracked it and couldn't be bothered breaking out all of the cooking materials and such. So I pumped up the air mattress and we were ready to crawl into bed. And what do we hear? There was a hole in the corner of the air mattress, which was just awesome. We were both exhausted, both well and truly overdriving. There was no sort of facilities around. There was no shops around. We were a fair way from the next town. The next place we were headed was Fort Collins, which is a big town. Um, and all of the other places that we we're going to drive through didn't have a, a Walmart. So we tried to do our very best. We had some. We didn't have any tape, uh, so we patched it up with a couple of band-aids and a bandage, like a, a strapping bandage, and we thought, oh, that might hold. And it held air for probably the first half an hour or so and being so exhausted we both fell asleep pretty quickly and then I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to a flat airbed and Kirsten's one of those people that can sleep anywhere she's uh, been well trained in napping so didn't worry her quite as much but we both woke up in the morning very stiff and sore and wondering how much more expensive it would be to stay in hotels and then we looked at our budget and went yep we're definitely still camping uh, so we got up the next day and I think we spent probably half an hour in the morning just stretching out trying to uh, loosen up all the muscles that had tightened up overnight. We were both feeling a bit like we were about 100 years old. But uh, cooked up some brekkie, had a couple of coffees and started feeling a bit better. Uh, as we sat down for our coffees, we uh, could hear an elk bugling in the distance, which is their sort of, it's their breeding season at the moment. And it's their way of, I looked at Kirsten and sort of said, hear that that's an elk bugle and she goes oh what does elk bugle mean and i said well that's basically an elk yelling out to all the girls in the valley saying hey baby want to get it on um but it's a pretty crazy sound to hear when you actually hear it in person it's very very loud and it just sounds like nothing you've ever heard it sounds like uh i'm trying to think of a way to articulate it, it sounds like someone screaming but with the deepest voice you've ever heard and yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive, and I'm pretty glad I wasn't in between him and whatever he was looking to hook up with, because it would have been uh, a pretty nasty experience for me, I reckon, because they've got some pretty nasty horns on the top of their heads. Sorry, getting attacked by, attacked by March flies uh, here in Mexico at the moment, <laughs> as I record this one. Uh, but yeah, the, that was pretty cool. Uh, the night before, we actually did fall <laughs> It took us a a little bit to get to sleep we probably were, both would have been asleep as soon as our heads hit the pillow but we could hear a uh, a deer or an elk grazing probably about 10 15 meters away from where we were uh, where we were camped and after reading for the last few weeks about how grizzly bears were everywhere in wyoming colorado we were a little bit nervous but we were so exhausted that we didn't much mind and we just fell straight pretty much straight to sleep so the next day we woke up, had our coffees, and off we headed towards Fort Collins and Colorado. Wow, like, seriously, it turned on a pretty damn good first day for us. Bright sunshine, it was nice and warm. Uh, both the Had both the windows down, the sunroof on the 
the suburban open and just cruising through some pretty cool mountain roads like windy up and down through the hills uh, the scenery is pretty awesome you can definitely see why they're called the rockies there the road basically followed a little stream um, which was really really nice and we were driving along and we came across some people that were stopped on the side of the road and we sort of slowed down and wound down the window and as before I could get out the standard are you alright do you need a hand with anything we heard go big red and uh, funnily enough the car that was pulled over was a couple of people from Colorado showing a couple of their Nebraska friends around and go big red is of course the catch cry of the Nebraska football team and he saw the Nebraska plates and got very excited about the fact that uh, we were from Nebraska and then he heard us talk and went wait you're not from Nebraska. We explained ourselves and had a good old chat on the side of the road for probably 10 minutes as we took in the, the pretty amazing scenery down in the valley, uh, having a look at the creek and not being, still not being able to believe how clear the water is that runs through from through the, it was just a little stream, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was a pretty cool little spot. And yeah, we stopped and had a chat to our new Nebraska friends, which is always good and then uh, kept on our merry way down to Fort Collins. Uh, as we headed through the first little bit of our trip through there, there was um, smoke and stuff all up in the hills, and they someone had there had been a fire. There was a fire up in the hills, and we could see the helicopters coming in, uh, dumping water on it, which it looked like they had it pretty well under control. There was uh, emergency service. Oh, excuse me. There was emergency services. That's a little bit of my uh, orange juice and vodka that I'm currently sipping on. Uh, yeah, but there was emergency services and stuff everywhere. Uh, and yeah, they were water bombing it from the, the top of the hills, which was, was pretty impressive to see, really. Um, but yeah, we headed, uh, continued on our merry little way. We stopped along the way again, another little loo break, and we went into the service station and said, have you got any toilets? And they went, oh yeah, they're just around the side. And these were the most monumentally disgusting portaloos I think I've ever experienced in my life. And for the last few days, Kirsten and I had been using drop toilets in national parks. And these portaloos made those drop toilets look like the friggin' Taj Mahal, the Buckingham Palace. They made it look like Donald Trump's gold toilet. It was horrendous. The... Now, if you have sensitive ears and you don't like hearing about uh, poo and things like that, I'd probably fast-forward another 30 or 40 seconds because those toilets, they were nearly overflowing with turds and it smelled like the inside of a curry festival portaloo. It was fucked up. Like, it was horrid. And I just, I opened the door and was nearly brought to tears by the smell. And then I sort of... Uh, put on my big girl pants, held the nose, took a deep breath and went in there and did the business I needed to do and got out of there as quickly as possible. So we headed into uh, Fort Collins after that little adventure and it was a cool little town. We um, adventured around a little bit, had a bit of a look for some uh, services. We filled up the truck full of fuel, which being a big V8 Suburban, it's perfect for what we're doing size-wise, but unfortunately it drinks through the gas pretty, uh, or the petrol pretty damn quickly. Uh, so we filled her up and um, had a bit of a look around through town, and it was about lunchtime, and uh, we couldn't really be bothered cooking, so Kirsten got to her best researching on what the cheapest fast food was we could buy, and uh, came across a four for $4 deal at Wendy's. 
we hadn't tried Wendy's yet, so we thought, oh, we'll give that a go. And for $4, we got a hamburger, four nuggets, a chips, which would be equivalent to a large chips in Australia, at like a McDonald's, and a, what would be equivalent to a large drink at McDonald's. Unlimited refills, which was pretty goddamn impressive. And, uh, yeah, we sat down and bummed off their Wi-Fi for about an hour, updating all the families on what we'd been up to and our awesome little adventure with the hole in the air mattress, which was great fun. And uh, doing all those sort of things, it was nice just to have a break and feel a touch civilised for a second while we uh, people watched at Wendy's and saw all the interesting characters that came in and out. There was one dude who was, uh, his whole job was to stand at the door and Kirsten thinks his job was maybe to creep people out, but I think it was, he seemed to clean up after everybody had left and didn't clean up after themselves. So we uh, bummed, as I said, that we bummed off their Wi-Fi for a little while until it frustrated us because it was too slow and uh, we headed up to Estes Park. Uh, so a massive shout out to our mate from Nebraska City who not only did they host us um, at their place in August, they he also drew out a, uh, a awesome itinerary, itinerary, an itinerary for us uh, to make sure we got to see all the coolest parts of Colorado. We weren't that fussed on going into Denver or Boulder. We didn't really feel like paying for accommodation on the nights we headed in there, and um, aren't really looking to go see more cities. Most cities are pretty much the same. I assume that Denver's the same as any other city, just with more weed smoke. So yeah, we headed up from uh, we headed up from Fort Collins to a place called Estes Park, which was a pretty cool little touristy town. Uh, yeah, thanks again to Rick Coolman for drawing up our Colorado itinerary. Um, yeah, so we headed up to Estes Park. Cool little touristy town. We saw as we were driving through looking for a car park, a bar called The Wheel, which of course is the uh, famed drinking hole of Nebraska City. And some of our friends were even nice enough, they put together a whole Nebraska gift pack for all the uh, the girls on the trip. And it contained, it also had a, a t-shirt from The Wheel, which is a cool little tie-dye setup. So a, just another testament to our awesome friends in Nebraska City and their hospitality. They made up whole gift packs for us with our uh, with towels and Nebraska key rings and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, Kirsten saw that and went, oh, I've got to change into my wheel t-shirt. So we went for a little walk through Estes Park and we stopped at the wheel and had ourselves a beer, which was nice to just sit down and stop driving for a little while and enjoy a ice cold beer, which is always a plus and then continued our little adventure around. It wasn't a massive place, and it was definitely a tourist spot, tourist hotspot. There was hotels and fast food and lots of restaurants and stuff like that all around, and plenty of tourist activities. Um, whitewater rafting, unfortunately, we missed the season for that. We were really hoping that we'd get some whitewater rafting done in Colorado, but um, wasn't to be. Their season finished at the start of September, so... Uh, we missed out on that one. We went into a, uh, a massive jerky shop that they had there. and oh, I wish jerky wasn't so spe- expensive because it it's pretty awesome stuff. But being on a budget, we just couldn't afford to spend $30 on a, on a whole big thing of, of jerky. But there was free tasting, which is always good. We sampled some of their, uh, their stuff and it was pretty damn tasty. So we headed a, along our little walk checking out all the little souvenir shops looking for postcards to send home and stuff like that some awesome t-shirts if you're a t-shirt collector or you want to if you're in Colorado and you want to collect yourself up some uh, 
some souvenir t-shirts they had some pretty bloody funny ones in Estes Park and uh, yeah so we looked around we also tried salt water taffy so we weren't really sure what it was we'd seen it on TV uh, when we were in Iowa and it looked like a intriguing sort of thing if you haven't seen it before Google a picture of it it's an odd sort of thing so you um it's made on a weird machine and they have them all in the front of the shops which is pretty cool to look at and they um sort of spin this big stretchy looking weirdness through this machine and it puts all air and stuff in it and it looks like a little hard you would expect them to be a hard lolly um, but they're really really soft but not they don't get stuck in your teeth like they don't get really chewy and gross and stuck in all the cracks in your teeth by no means are they healthy um, they are full of all kinds of sugars and everything else you could imagine I'm sure but absolutely delicious and yeah we were talking to uh, the guy at the taffy store and he was telling us all about how it was made and uh, how it was the only one that was actually made in Estes Park and gave us a couple of samples and it was that good that we couldn't just uh, couldn't dodge out on that one um, Kirsten had a taste of the salted caramel one which she told me then I had to try which was pretty damn cool it actually had it was caramel flavored taffy and it had little tiny little chunks of sea salt in it and it was just you get sweet and you get salty and it was bloody delicious and I also tried a, a banana flavored one which tasted like uh, I'll say that tasted like the um, banana lollies you get at home but not powdery so the, I find the banana lollies you get at home can be a little bit powdery, powdery sometimes uh, and this stuff was just chewy and sweet and delicious and uh, so that stuff was so damn good we bought ourselves a a little bag of that I could have bought a massive big box of it but uh, again budget time we looked at the funds in the bank and said no we'll just buy a little bag of taffy, taffy and it still cost us about six bucks but I tell you what definitely worth the six bucks for uh, for that one and if you get the chance if you're in the US definitely try out some saltwater taffy doesn't have salt water in it by the way there's a whole story to that where apparently it was being made on I can't remember the place but it was being made on um, it was a lolly that was getting made on the docks somewhere near the ocean obviously being docks and uh, there was a massive storm one night and the next day someone came in and asked for taffy and the guy said don't you mean saltwater taffy because everything had been washed with salt water that night and not that any of it had actually got into the taffy um, but that's how the word saltwater taffy came around and uh, it's stuck ever since then and I think that was in the early 1900s so pretty cool little place to stop in and visit uh, definitely a tourist trap there was lots of bars and places where you could spend a hell of a lot of money but uh, after Estes Park and our little adventure through there we stopped off and headed down to our campsite which was an, another interesting little wiki camps adventure after our first night um, we'd been to Walmart and uh, exchanged our blow up bed which I didn't think we would be able to um, I was thinking that we had absolutely no hope of getting it because he threw out the box and everything. And they were really, really reasonable about it. Kirsten had confidence in it and uh, she went up to the desk at Walmart and said, look, it went flat. We've only had it for a couple of days. Like, come on, surely you can do better than that. And the lady said, oh, no box. We can't give you your money back, but we'll give you an exchange. So we went and picked out a new one and fingers crossed, touch wood, cross my heart and hope to die. It hasn't gone flat just yet. Uh, so that was a plus. 
pumped up the air mattress uh, once we got to our campsite, which was again up another long, windy, single lane dirt road. But we uh, got up there, there was a couple of dudes uh, at the other end of the campsite that had dirt bikes that had obviously been thrashing around in the hills. We set up camp for the night and after the day of eating heavy, not very healthy at all hamburgers and snacking and stuff like that, we thought we needed to be a touch on the healthy side. So we made ourselves up a nice little salad, which was supposed to do four portions and we we're both starving after only having our four for four for lunch and um, smashed both servings of that which was all right uh, to get a little bit of lettuce and other healthy stuff into the system, which is a bit of a welcome change. Our bodies were sort of like, well, what's this crazy stuff? Uh, but yeah, had that and set a fire and alternatively to our Colorado fire, uh, which was supposed to be with the easy light logs. We just got some dry twigs and some paper and found some bigger branches that had been broken off and managed to actually Harley managed to set a fire, which was nice. Uh, yay! It was uh, it was cool just to sit around and sit around the campfire and have a couple of drinks and kick back and relax a little bit in our camp chairs, which was nice. And then uh, headed off to bed at probably 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, as we have been doing with uh, the sun and all that sort of stuff. Just heading down with the sun and getting up with the with the sunrise, which is a nice change as well like at home I never went to bed before sort of 10 30 11 o'clock or it was a very rare occurrence for me to come out uh, go to bed that early with all the things that you would normally have at home Netflix and laying on the couch and doing stuff so it's nice to go down with the Sun and wake up at early in the morning so you can get shit done through the day which is really nice so all right after waking up in the morning after our little camp overnight uh, and our little campfire we headed through the Rocky Mountain National Park, which was pretty cool. It wasn't, it wasn't as amazing as we had sort of expected. Like there was some cool mountain drives and um, some cool roads again, but it wasn't anything crazy. Like it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, like out of the ordinary for what we'd seen. And that's probably because we'd been a bit spoiled with with scenery so far through Wyoming and in the first parts of Colorado. Like it's pretty spectacular, and it sort of just looked like the the rest of the spectacular landscape there was mountains there was rocks there was cool spots to drive but uh definitely recommend you can't miss it if you're headed through that area in colorado you definitely got to check it out because it's um again some pretty awesome driving but after we headed uh through the rocky mountain national park we headed through to mount evans which is on its own little sort of state park just near a place called idaho springs and uh our friend Rick had told us that we've got to check this place out because it's got the highest paved road in North America, uh, which is pretty cool. So we headed up there and it was a long, steep drive up there, which, look, again, I know I keep repeating myself, but and I'm only a little bit into Colorado, but the views and the scenery was pretty pretty spectacular. Like It was um, a cool drive through windy roads. It got a little bit precarious in some spots at... Uh, perhaps isn't the most maintained road being it's so high up and so hard to get to um so there's some pretty steep drop-offs on the side and there's a lot of places where there are no barriers and not a whole lot of room between you and the car coming towards you uh but I, a fun drive up there unfortunately when we got to around the top of mount evans the top the actual top section of the road had been closed uh, because of the road had been damaged in a storm or something had happened 
So we pulled up at a little spot called Summit Lake uh, and went for a little bit of a look around. We sort of had a couple of drinks of water and used the restrooms and looked around and went, oh yeah, there's a little trail up to some information boards up there. We'll walk up there. So I had a, a pair of shoes on. Kirsten just slipped her sandals on and put her poncho on over the top of her uh, t-shirt and up we walked and read a couple of the info boards and we looked up and we saw some people sort of walking up along. It was a very sort of thin, rocky crazy looking trail up towards the summit and it was a fair way up to the summit but we were like oh there might be like a little bit of a another viewpoint or something up there something cool so Kirsten in her sandals uh we started to hike up this rocky part and we were going and going and, oh no we're not quite at a different view yet let's go a little further and a little further and I can tell you right now the air's definitely thinner thinner at uh, 12,800 feet <laughs> we were headed up and I think we probably stopped every minute or two just to stop and <sighs> catch our breath and um, there was we felt a little bit good because there was plenty of people around us who were also struggling with uh, the altitude and then there were some people that definitely weren't and uh, we stopped uh, a little ways up I think it, I checked uh, how far we'd walked and it had been about two two and a half k's uh, up and a couple of girls walked past us with their hiking poles looking very fit and energetic and having very loud conversation about how fit they were and how active they were and how much they loved walking this track and we sort of stopped them and said oh how much further to the top and they go oh only about three and a half miles and we went oh that's a fair way still and they go yeah it gets pretty steep too and off they trotted with their little hiking poles and continued on their conversation and I sort of looked at Kirsten and went, well, how are those sandals doing, babe? And she went, yeah, I think we'll go back to the car. Um, so still got to see some really, really cool view viewpoints of uh, where the rivers had cut some really deep sort of ravines and glaciers had cut ravines into this um, cool little spot. So it was a nice little hike and definitely got the blood pumping early in the morning. And then we uh, headed down into Idaho Springs. So got to Idaho Springs and we went to get on jump onto the interstate to start heading towards our next little part of our tour and uh, we saw a couple of people on the side of the road with a sign that said Glenwood Springs and that's where we sort of had aimed to get that night and we stopped we had been talking for the last few days and through Wyoming and South Dakota that if we came across any hitchhikers that didn't look too murdery we'd uh, stop and and give them a lift and these guys just look like a couple of hippies really they didn't look like anything too threatening and uh as we got onto the freeway i was like oh looked at kirsten and went do you want to stop and she goes yeah let's pull over and stop so we stopped they bolted up to the car at a million miles an hour they were very excited uh, and then they signaled for their friend to come along as well so there was three of them and a bearded dragon we, we got four hitchhikers for the price of three uh, and they jumped in the car and let's just say it's a pretty big call for someone who hasn't had a shower in two or three days who's just completed a hike out in the sun to say that someone was stinky but stinky doesn't even begin to describe these hippies oh my goodness they were definitely a little bit on the nose uh, but when we got talking to them they'd uh, described to us how they hadn't had a shower in a fair while and they spent all their money last night at the gas station getting some food because they were starving and all the rest of it so we told them look we're going that way but we're going to uh, go the scenic route and they're like oh yeah we don't mind we'll go along the way and uh, we had a bit of conversation at the start there was a couple uh, a guy and his girlfriend and their bearded dragon and uh, another guy who they'd sorry the girl. yeah 
the uh, the bearded dragon was named the girl, uh, which was a real solid name. <laughs> and uh, the other chap that had tagged along with them was another stinky hippie that they found at the bus station. <laughs> um, and they were all going in the same direction, so they thought they'd all try and hitch a ride together. Uh, they told that the, they told us that they'd had a pretty rough time trying to get out of uh, Idaho Springs. No one seemed to want to pick them up. And look, they weren't the dodgiest looking people. They just basically look like smelly hippies I'm like well what's the harm uh, so we picked those, them up and headed through some really nice scenic towns our uh, our guide Rick gave us some some directions to head through some cool places I think we might have missed a stop or two because he said there was a cool tunnel that we didn't end up going through I think we went over it instead of through it um, so went through a couple of nice cool little ski towns uh, went past a place called Dillon, Colorado, which was really, really pretty looking. It looked like uh, lots of condos and creature comforts and a place that would be really nice to uh, to stop and spend a few days if you had uh, some cash. And a friend of ours actually had a condo up there. Um, they went full driving and jeeping up there all the time. And it, I tell you what, it looked like a pretty cool place to adventure around. But with uh, three smelly hippies and a bearded dragon in tow, we thought we'd continue our little trek along so we um continued our way along and we got to a place called leadville which the uh smelly hippie by himself whose name was zebediah uh who liked to be called zeb told us that's where he was born um we stopped there for a, a loo break and they were pretty like they weren't anything bad they were pretty respectful like we stopped there and they all got out of the car for a smoke and went away from the car and sort of were pretty respectful there weren't anything overly bad but we could tell that they just sort of the couple especially was not really our kinds of people um they were travelers by choice but uh they were saying how they like to go to all the christian charities and how they knew that the christians would always sort of take them in and feed them and they'd take advantage of that and how they didn't like this soup kitchen because there was too much drama there which is just a recipe for uh, people who like to start shit really um, so it wasn't too bad driving along with our little hitchhikers again they were a touch on the stinky side but the uh, guy that was by himself was pretty helpful actually as we drove through some of the cool little areas he was he said that he grew up in the area so he uh, gave us a bit of info on all the different places and a couple of times he spurted off with some hippie bullshit about how the mountains had a totally spiritual place and how this place was so spiritual and someone had had one too many pot cookies that day before I think but uh, yeah we continued on our merry little way uh, went up through a spot called Independence Pass which was pretty cool um, again cool windy road up a very very steep hill got very precarious in some places down to one lane around blind corners and you can't see who's coming and what wanker from aspen's going to be belting around the corner in his lamborghini or his porsche or his mclaren or whatever he may be smashing around in but uh some cool views again from the top of independence pass we thought about stopping but can kept driving because we didn't want to leave the stinky hippies alone in our car with legitimately everything we own except for a couple of bag bags of clothes that we left back in melbourne uh so we continued on our merry way up to aspen now i'm sure aspen's a really beautiful place in winter when it's all snowy and nice but it was just another town for us really and it was a very expensive spot we having a few extra bodies in the car uh you could 
we uh, definitely went up in the fuel usage department and we uh, had planned to get to Glenwood Springs where there was a bit cheaper fuel but we needed to top off the tank because we didn't want to run out on our way and uh, we got there and f that was the most expensive fuel we've bought thus far on the trip it was 3.99 a gallon which considering that about 50 miles down the road it was 2.26 a gallon uh, we weren't real happy about paying so we just uh, chucked 20 bucks in the tank which didn't get us real far um, but yeah it's just Aspen to me seemed like a real punsy place uh, it's one of those places that all the rich people from California go to say I've got a place in Aspen and drive their McLaren and spend way too much on steak and do all that sort of poncy stuff but it just seemed like a bit of an arrogant town and the drivers weren't real flash I wasn't overly impressed by it again nice scenery but you can go a lot of different places in Colorado to find nice scenery um, so if you don't have bags of cash and you're traveling around Colorado in summer or spring or fall look drive over Independence Pass it's pretty cool make sure you got plenty of fuel before you get to Aspen and uh, I would just keep on trucking through there that would be my sort of diagnosis for that uh, at the when we filled up our fuel in uh, Aspen our couple pair of hike hitches hike hitches hitchhikers decided to uh, jump on out and go on their own little way uh, which left us with our friend Zeb and we we're like oh, okay where to now and he goes oh if you can take me to the next town I've got to pick up my backpack from the police station Kirsten and I sort of looked at each other and went oh okay uh, sorry before I continue on there our uh, couple friend a uh, couple friends that had hitchhiked with us apologized that they didn't have any uh, money to pay for fuel uh, which we expected we didn't expect them to have any cash for fuel but they did give us a Himalayan pink salt rock uh, to help give good energy to our car and we sort of just chucked those in the glove box and went yeah thanks I'm sure that'll help spread the great Gaia's energy through our car <laughs> but uh yeah, we headed on our merry little way, and then when they had given us that, our other guest in the car had decided, oh, well, I don't want to not offer anything, so he proceeded to pull a large bag of marijuana out of his backpack and say, hey, you guys smoke weed, you want to have some of this? I've got a big bag, I've got plenty to share, and we sort of looked at Kirsten and I looked at each other and went, oh, no, we're right, thanks, and uh, continued on. But, uh, yeah, once we dropped off the couple, he was like, oh, yeah, just take me to the cop shop in the nearest town and I need to pick up my backpack because it got confiscated off me because they thought I was trying to camp somewhere where I wasn't camping. I was just sorting out my backpack and proceeded to go on a 15-minute story about how it wasn't his fault and how he wasn't really camping and how he just needed to get his backpack and all the rest of it. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. So uh, we took him to the cop shop and he picked up his backpack and while we were waiting for him to come back, so when telling us about his uh, backpack that was being held by the police, he also happened to uh, remember that he was had a warrant out for his arrest in Colorado, but it was all good. He'd already seen the judge. He just couldn't leave the state. And again, Kirsten and I just looked at each other and went, oh, how do we get this stinky hippie out of our car? So we dropped him at the police station to pick up his backpack, and he said, oh, I'll be back in just a minute, and I'll show you to a really cool campsite just near here. And we went, oh, okay, and while he was in there, Kirsten and I had a debate on whether or not we should just get up and leave him. But we didn't know where any of the campsites were nearby, and we didn't want to drive to Glenwood Springs and pay accommodation. And 
we didn't want to be stuck the night without accommodation so we decided another couple of minutes with a stinky hippie was not so bad so he got his backpack and didn't seem to have anything else illegal in it <laughs> he just had some clothes in a hammock and stuff like that in it so he's like oh, i'll take you to this campsite and we're like okay what's your plans after that and he's like oh i think i'll just camp the night well we sort of went oh okay camping with us i suppose so uh we went up into the hills and found ourselves a campsite and we set up tent and the air mattress and all the rest of it and he hung his hammock from a couple of different trees and Kirsten and I looked at each other and went oh I suppose it's dinner time then so uh, we started cooking up burgers and we had four burgers which we'd planned to have as two separate meals uh, but looking at each other we went well we can't cook all this food and this dude looked like he'd just spent about a hundred days on the road and hadn't had a, a solid meal in a very, very long time. He was looking like something you'd see on the catwalk in uh, New York or something. He was very, very thin man. He looked uh, like he needed a good meal. So being the good Christians that we are, <clears throat> maybe not, uh, we cooked up the burgers and a big pot of mac and cheese and sort of fucked up the mac and cheese. So we gave that all to him and gave him a burger, which... He very, very quickly yaffed down, which confirmed my suspicions that he probably hadn't had much to eat in the last few days. Um, and then Kirsten and I sort of headed to bed to read, and he sat up in his hammock, and we woke up the next day, and, and oh, where to today? Like, can we drop you off anywhere? And we, thankfully, we only had to drop him off at the, the next town down. So we dropped him on his way, and got his cardboard sign and his backpack out, and I believe he was going there to look for work of some kind. He assured us that he was a... A cook or a chef which I'm not 100% confident on did have a lot of credit cards. <laughs> and then Kirsten uh, informed me after uh, while I was in paying for the fuel he was telling her how he had a kid and he was just having a bit of a midlife crisis and how if he wanted to get back once his court business was settled and he could go back he could leave Colorado he was going back uh, to Florida where he had a job and he had credit cards and all the rest of it which was an interesting little tidbit for us about our little hitchhiking buddy but after we dropped him off we went to the nearest petrol station to try and find a reasonably priced air freshener to try and get hippie stink out of our car and uh, off we went for the next little stage of our adventure and Kirsten and I looked at each other after we dropped him off and said okay we've picked up hitchhikers we never 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 need to do that again so yeah, we headed through Black Canyon, and uh, it's a cool little drive through there. It wasn't a massive national park, but um, yeah, some of the views in there were absolutely insane, and it was a pretty warm day, actually. It was up in the uh, in the 90s, which has been a bit warmer than where what we'd been experiencing the last few days, which is probably, for Celsius, it's somewhere in the mid to high 30s. Uh, so yeah we went for a little bit of look of a bit of a look around and we got to the very end and there was a trail at the end that was about i think it was about a five or six k round trip and um we sort of looked at each other and went oh it's like 100 degrees outside do we really want to see it and apparently there were some pretty cool views at the end of it so we put on our big girl panties and bucked up and put our hiking boots on and off we trod down this uh, path and it was definitely worth it there it was one of those things Kirsten and I looked at each other uh, when we got to the end of it and went you know what that's pretty cool that the, the national parks are like no nah, you can drive around and see some of the cool stuff but if you want to see the really cool stuff you got to hike you got to go for a walk which um, 
the only reason we weren't going to do it is because we were being a bit lazy but um, definitely well worth it and I definitely recommend if you're going to check out the national parks in America make sure you set aside enough time to do a couple of good hikes through them like that's where we've seen the most cool stuff when we've been when we've been adventuring around the uh, national parks and it also saves you having to put up with the traffic because the this we thought being sort of back everybody's back in school and it's not holiday time and it's fall so it's not like it's summer where everyone wants to get out and do stuff we thought we were coming at a pretty quiet time of year which it probably is compared to what it is in the busier seasons but uh yeah there's always still a fair few people around and there's with the nature and the cool views and stuff people can just be a bit dick a bit dicky uh, driving around in um in the national parks so it's good to get off the road and get back into a bit of nature and walk around and see some cool cool stuff um so and our america the beautiful pass still saving us money in entry fees i think it was another 30 or 35 dollars that we would have had to have spent to get into uh the national park and again that 80 dollar pass got us in no questions asked after uh after heading through the black canyon we went to uh we decided that being a bit sweaty we needed to hit a place with some showers so we went to a little town uh, not far from black canyon which uh, the name escapes me at the moment i think i wrote it down somewhere let me just have a quick look so we headed to uh, montrose so montrose was a cool little rv park there i think it cost us about 20 bucks there was a laundry there we got to have showers again which was amazing first time since after uh hiking all around yellowstone and being in colorado and being surrounded by stinky hippies and so on and so forth so it was nice to uh get a nice hot shower in and do some laundry which desperately needed doing um really really cool rv park too it was right sort of in amongst a few different uh restaurants and uh, a little shopping center and stuff and they also had free mini golf which was a hell of a lot of fun um my putting hasn't got any better since I left home, just in case you were wondering. Uh, but I still managed to beat Kirsten, much to her disgust. She was very, very unhappy being the competitive spirit that she is. Uh, there was a couple of tantrums and nearly a putter throw, and there was some ball placing that would be maybe questionable in the rules of golf. Uh, but being the good guy that I am, I, I let it go a couple of times, and I had uh, a reasonable score. Well, I wish I could score that well in normal golf. I think I had somewhere around the 70s and Kirsten had somewhere around the hundreds um, <laughs> which was a bit of fun to see her crack a tantrum and nearly throw a golf club across the course at a small child uh, but yeah it was a good spot and they had really really good wi-fi so that's where we did the South Dakota podcast and uploaded it which was good to get that one out but uh, to get the juices flowing a little bit uh, we also headed down to the local Mexican restaurant that had 2.99 margaritas and smashed a couple of those before we recorded to loosen us up a little bit and uh, yeah that's the episode that Kirsten and I did together which we'll be doing another one of those together when we uh, do one of our Baja California episodes once we get down to La Paz or, or uh, Cabo so if you're looking forward to another one of those uh, that's when the next one of those will be so after we did that and uploaded all of that and hit the road again we went to probably our favorite part of colorado we think it was down in the sort of eastern southeastern part of it 
we drove for a little while and drove up into some mountains and um, we came across a little town called Ure. Uh, I think that's how it said. We had to guess because we didn't hear anyone say it. It was down, nestled in a little valley there. And uh, as soon as we saw the place, we just <laughs> started planning our next holiday there and how we're going to spend three weeks there and we're going to come in winter and even started getting a touch ahead of ourselves and planning out uh, if uh, if we were lucky enough to spend a few years here living here it would be an awesome place to be you drive through the town there's a hot spring and a pool as you come into the town uh, it's right in the middle of the valley so you look up and there's just beautiful mountains all around you people buzzing around in jeeps and four-wheel motorbikes and like off-road buggy things that had been on tours during the day breweries and pubs and wineries everywhere it just looked like a really really cool spot to be and um we didn't stop there because we had in our itinerary to go to uh, Silverton next and we wanted to get there before dark and set up uh, camp and, and such, but definitely a place that we're going to come back to one day. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then as we uh, weaved our way out of Uray up into the hills again, we had to. We were so amazed by how pretty this little town was that we actually pulled over on the side of the road and just took photos for five or ten minutes and marvelled at it because it was just... a uh, incredible spot and we're still on our trip and we've still got a hell of a lot of america to see but we're already keen to uh to head back to that little town and check it out properly so we wound our way up through the hills and it was just the most picturesque part of colorado we'd found yet we were sort of winding our way up through uh the mountains and up to about 10 10 and a half thousand feet of elevation and you could see uh, some of the mountains had massive big red peaks and others were like rocky and grey and others were covered in aspen trees that the leaves had just started to turn on and they were sort of red and orange and yellow and then there was the, the green pine forests all around those and it was just gorgeous like driving through that scenery was just it was great fun the the roads were nice and windy i kept looking at kirsten and say, saying oh i wish we still had the mustang so we could belt through these hills but i'm glad that we had the suburban so we could take it nice and slow and enjoy the scenery properly and it was just a gorgeous drive we headed up over the hills got to the other side and figured out where our campsite was going to be for the night we still had plenty of daylight in uh, the day and we got told that Silverton was a pretty cool place to check out uh, so we headed down into Silverton for a bit of a look and it was a, again it was a cool little place um it just didn't it wasn't quite as busy as uh Uray seemed there were still full motorbikes and uh the off-road like can-am buggies and stuff everywhere for people who'd been off doing tours and jeeps and stuff in the um in the hills which looked like it'd be a pretty cool thing to do um but a lot of the sh the stores and things like that were closed unfortunately there was a pretty cool old like pioneer type setup with uh, bars and restaurants and um all that sort of stuff souvenirs and gift shops and uh there was some pretty cool stuff all through there definitely recommend checking it out probably go in peak season though because it uh was a little bit quiet there was only one bar that was open and kirsten and i sort of looked at each other oh, i want to stop for a beer and uh it was so flat out in there that we waited 10 minutes or so to try and get a drink and went oh let's just move along and uh as we headed into town on the the first time into silverton i saw the there was a cop car parked right next to the speed sign i was like oh sheriff's out better make sure i'm doing the uh the right speed limit uh, as i come into town and as i drove out i went hmm i think there's something a 
touch fishy about this and uh so because the manic the dude in the car wasn't sort of moving around too much but we headed out of town and as we headed towards our campsite we saw this massive so it was like a massive shed uh with a bit of a shop on the the front of it and it said cannabis farm free tours Kirst and i looked at each other and went oh that's something you don't see every day let's check that out and we were expecting we pulled up and we were sort of expecting two dudes in, or three dudes, or however many people would be in there in tie-dye t-shirts with funny coloured glasses that would be like the hippies we picked up on our uh, tour through the, our little hitchhikering adventure. And uh, we couldn't have been more wrong. We sort of walked through the first door and it was all sort of blocked off and there was a little window there and the guy behind the counter with the grey ponytail sort of looked at us and said hey can I see your IDs and we handed over his IDs and they were fascinated by the fact that we were from Australia and looked at that and went oh yep you're all good to come through of course you've got to be 21 to do anything to do with cannabis in Colorado even where it's legal it's like basically looked upon like uh, booze really and uh, yeah we bought he bought us into the store and I, t- I was amazed like it looked like the inside of an apple shop there was beautiful polished wooden bench tops that had all their wares uh on them and it was a really interesting sort of looking place and the two guys were in nice button down uniform shirts and both looked pretty tidy and sort of looked at us and went oh we we were a little bit late on what the sign said for the tour we went oh can we still get in for a tour and they went yeah yeah absolutely and the guy sort of just wanted to we explained to him oh look it's illegal at home and we don't really know we don't know anything about it so uh we were just curious and wanted to have a look and he was a really cool host and it's a really interesting sort of setup it was very scientific and all the rooms were broken up into different light sources and different uh times of when they were growing the plants and how mature the the different plants were and he was explaining to us how they have basically zero wastewater like he showed us one of the buckets that had their wastewater in it and he said that's a day's wastewater and it would have been 500 mils if that um and he said that's basically what we use to pump into the pipes at the start of the day that once it soaks into the soil the rest goes out and yeah it was really interesting he took us into one of the rooms that had all the growing lights on them and he ripped off a leaf and said hey this one smells like banana and i yeah sure and he ripped the leaf off and sure enough we had a little bit of a smell and smelled like banana and it was a cool little experience so we finished up our, our tour and he was explaining to us how they're looking to expand and how they're going to start up a greenhouse and all the rest of it because the plants that they had had to be brought in from somewhere else that had germinated them or started them off and then they sort of take care of the rest of the growing cycle. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting little thing. We had a bit of a chat about it and talked talked to the guy about it and he went, look, there's no pressure to buy. So we just continued on our merry little way to our campsite uh, talking about the difference between a couple of guys who look like they could have been selling iPhones or selling anything else it was much the same as a distillery tour that we like the distillery tour that we went on in um, the Badlands where they showed us get we didn't have any free samples this time of course but uh, they told us all about their products and took us through where they made it and went from there and yeah it was an interesting little experience and definitely something to do if you're in Colorado and you're curious about it Uh, it's a pretty interesting little setup that they've got going there so we headed to our uh, campsite for the night and just words can't even describe it like it was a free campsite and we were looking up at 
more beautiful mountains we're in a little bit of a valley there was a little creek next next to us um, there was some dead wood laying around that we sort of picked up and made another fire for and it was just gorgeous like it was really really pretty I don't know any other words that I can use to <laughs> describe it it was just gorgeous beautiful like if you're going to do Colorado I'll definitely recommend checking out that sort of Silverton Durango Ure sort of area um, so we set up camp for the night and we um, cooked ourselves up some nachos and went to bed and that was uh, that day done. After that we headed, we woke up the next morning, packed up camp and headed from Silverton down to Durango. There's a pretty famous railroad that runs down through there or from uh, Durango to Silverton through the, the cool sort of windy roads uh, that are through there. The train track runs up along the mountains which look like it would be another, again, cool thing to do if we had unlimited cash but it was pretty pricey and didn't sort of fit into our time schedule so we got down to Durango and there was a, a bit of a market going on which we checked out um, some very very pricey artworks and it was a bit of a hipster sort of place which isn't really our scene um, so we sort of had a bit of a walk around there it was good just to get out of the car and stretch the legs and check some cool interesting stuff out and uh, walked through there and uh, that was pretty much it for Colorado we Oh, sorry, I missed out on a very important thing that we did in Silverton. After we packed up camp uh, for the night, which was just outside of Silverton, we walked, uh, we went back into Silverton, we had the tip from the guys at the cannabis farm that uh, the police car that we saw on the way into town was something a little bit wrong with that, so we headed back into town and we saw that it was actually a mannequin dressed up in a police uniform and if you looked really closely you could see that the back tire was flat on the police car so it was just a little bit of a trap to uh, make sure all the tourists were doing the right speeds as they come into town so we had a good little giggle at that and then we uh, in the night before we saw a shop a coffee shop and it looked like we looked it up online because we got a little bit excited because we hadn't had good coffee by our standards for a little while and the coffee shop was called coffee bear and uh, we went in there and oh coffee real coffee I had a cappuccino Kirsten had a caramel macchiato which was a little bit fancy it had some whipped cream and some caramel and stuff on top of it but just good coffee it was amazing to get some good coffee finally and we sat up in the sun and used some of their wi-fi for a little while and just and being that the place was called Coffee Bear, we kept making Grizzly Bear jokes, which you'll get if you uh, listen to the Wyoming episode. And people, of course, were looking at us funny because we were speaking like deranged German tourists. Um, but we finished our coffees and, yeah, headed down into uh, Durango, checked out the market, and that was Colorado for us. We headed into Utah, which will be the next episode of the podcast. And... Uh, yeah, that was it. Colorado, one of uh, the most beautiful places that we've been so far in the US. Just the mountains and the we came at just the right time of year. Like all the aspen trees were turning from green to yellow and red and just matted along the, the hillsides. It was an absolutely gorgeous place. My words can't do it justice, so I'll put a heap of photos up on uh, Facebook and Instagram of all the places that we got to in Colorado I think we were a little bit <laughs> unfortunately distracted by the scenery we didn't take a whole heap of photos but I uh, will put up some of the best ones that we we got so make sure you check those out uh, as you go and as I said the next episode will be all about our trek through Utah oh 
if you heard that there was a little yell out there uh, all right so after we finished in Durango we headed to Mesa Verde so that's another one of the national parks uh, that's right not too far from the Colorado Utah border um, so we headed there to check that out we went to the section of the park called Island in the Sky uh, the interesting thing about Mesa Verde is they have preserved a lot of the um, Native American society that had been there before there was actually a, a group of people I think they were the Pueblos uh, and they had lived in little like stone huts and things all about where the national park was and they'd actually built them into cliffs and uh, we went to the section of the park that was called Island in the Sky which was sort of the top part of the the Mesa which is like they, they call them mesas over here they're basically like long tabletops in the tops of canyons and stuff and mesa is spanish for table so um makes sense but uh yeah there's some pretty cool spots in there and some really interesting stuff about the the indian architecture that had been in there and they'd built things that dug down and built like stone dwellings in a lot of the spots where they'd sort of tried to preserve it which was pretty cool to see they had some pretty cool history um all about the people that lived there and how they hunted and the the spears and the bow and arrows and stuff like that that they used which was pretty cool and um yeah we sort of adventured around there for a couple of hours and went for a bit of a walk around it was oh hot hot it was high 30s celsius and probably nearly 100 degrees fahrenheit while we were walking around um, so we didn't go on any extended sort of hikes but we definitely got to check out some really cool stuff at mesa verde and uh that was it for colorado for us we packed all our stuff back into the car after we finished at the national park and off we trod towards utah the land of the big red rock which uh i'll talk about all i'll talk all about our trip through utah in the next episode of the podcast which i uh, hope you enjoy all right that was our episode all about colorado thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed if you have any questions about what we uh, came across in our tours don't forget to drop a comment in the uh, socials tst travel podcast on facebook and instagram uh, also don't forget to check out kirsten's blog uh, the roaming street at, on facebook and instagram she puts up some uh, really cool photos and has a bit of a different perspective on on the things that we've been getting up to so make sure you check that out um, also uh, if you can chuck a review wherever you listen to us either if on itunes or spotify or facebook or wherever you can find a place to review us it just helps other people find the podcast and makes us a little bit more visible so the next episode will be our, about our track through utah and all the different uh, things we saw there so make sure you keep an ear out for that one and uh, thanks again for listening